Hi listeners, and welcome to the True Crime Weekly Podcast, a podcast that is based in San Diego and hosted by me, Alina Trujillo, and my producer, Jose Fernandez. This is a podcast where I will be bringing you stories of murders, infamous cases, and unsolved mysteries. On May 26, 1990, Marlene Warren was at her home in the luxurious Arrow Club community in Wellington, Florida, with her 22-year-old son, Joseph Ahrens, and several of his friends, when someone dressed as a clown came to the front door with flowers and balloons. Joseph hears his mother say, Oh, how pretty, followed by two gunshots. This is the story of Marlene Warren and the woman who had fallen victim of the killer clown, Sheila Keen Warren. Okay, Jose, so you know that I am terrified of clowns. Oh, 100%. So 100%. I don't mess with anything that has to do with clowns. Like, I don't do, you know, the haunted hotels or, you know, for Halloween or the haunted trails. Like, I don't do any of that because I know there's always going to be a clown. Yep. And I am just terrified. Like, if I see a clown you will see me disappear. Like, I will run away, no matter the situation. No it matter has if happened. It's, no matter if it's at a birthday party or you're just walking around the mall and some stupid clown is there, <laughs> you know? Like, no, I just don't do it. Okay, um, now, there is one clown that I felt that protected me. <laughs> and that was just the clown that I had when I was little. <laughs> Which is kind of surprising with the terrible fear that you have. I know. I've literally and- seen you disappear at a thin air <laughs> yeah and for some reason when i was little this clown i just felt like it was the the one clown that protected me of like all the other clowns i don't know mm-hmm. i have pictures of it and maybe we'll post them up on our instagram but that's a literally got to be the only picture of you ever even close to a clown yeah yeah <laughs> But here's the thing, new friend. She's a retired forensic psychologist, right? And when we were talking to her, she actually told us about this case. And, you know, her exact words were, hey, have you heard of the killer clown? And I was like, well, yeah, who hasn't heard about John Wayne Gacy, you know? But then she stops me in my tracks and she's like, no, the killer clown lady from Florida. And then I was like, you need to say no more. What? (laughs) You know, I was hooked. So because of the story, I just found it very interesting. I had never heard of it. And I was surprised I had never heard of it. But, you know, thanks to her that she informed me of this, this is for her. Okay. All right. So Wellington, Florida is west of West Palm Beach, and it is known for its equestrian and polo events. And in 1972, Michael Warren married Marlene Ahrens, who had just gotten out of her first marriage. So Marlene got married when she was a teen, and she had two sons from that marriage named Johnny and Joe, or Joseph, okay? Okay. So Michael and Marlene owned several businesses together, including bargain mortars, rental properties, and various retail businesses. So. Due to the two of them owning these businesses together, this allowed the couple to live an upper-class lifestyle, okay? So the couple lived in a community called Arrow Club Development, where, get this, the neighborhood had a private landing strip with taxiways to each home, and the couple was also known to have race horses and an airplane. Wow. Yeah, so... That's a little bit more than just (laughs) upper-class. Oh, you... You look at this community and you literally see, yeah, yeah, every house, like, on the back, there's 
there's a, a a runway, like a strip. Yeah, an airstrip. An airstrip. Wow. Yeah, it's it was crazy. It looked amazing, okay? But tragedy struck the family when in 1988, Johnny Aarons Jr., who was 22 at the time, was killed in a traffic accident. Oh, no. Yeah, so after Marlene's son, Johnny, died... The marriage between Michael and Marlene started to fall apart as well, okay? It's so, a big deal. Right. So I watched a 48-hour special where Joe, Marlene's other son, said that he remembered that after his brother died, Michael wasn't around as much. And in this episode that I saw in 48 Hours, Joe stated that the man that he knew as his father, because remember, this Michael is his stepfather, since, you know, Marlene actually got married when she was a teen and then divorced and then married Michael. So Joe had never met his actual father, biological father. So Michael was his dad to him. And he stated that the man that he knew started to change. Joe said that he wasn't around as much anymore for him as a father. And he wasn't around for his mother as a husband. You Mm. know, think about it. His mother had just lost her son. You know, you as a parent, you just it just seems so wrong. You shouldn't have to bury your child. It should definitely be the other way around. Your child should be burying you. Right. You know, so so young at 22. Right. So, you know, for her, he even saw it as my mom needs her husband and he's nowhere around. Not only do I need him, but. My mom needs him and he's not around. Right. So that's when Sheila Keen, who was 27 at the time, came into the picture. So Sheila was an employee of Michael who repossessed cars for Bargain Motors. And Sheila had filed for divorce from her husband, Richard Keen, in 1990 on grounds of domestic violence. So after divorcing her husband, Sheila moved into an apartment and rumors began to circle around Michael and Sheila having an affair. Mm. But the couple have denied such rumors. But this is how bad the rumors were, okay? The apartment complex where Sheila had moved into after her divorce, Mm -hmm. all of her neighbors thought that Michael was her husband. Wow. Yeah. And even so, the apartment complex that she had moved into was kind of like a gated one where, you know, if a visitor came, um, they had to talk to the security guard. The security guard would call the tenant and see if it's okay to allow that yeah. person in. Well, that security guard from that apartment complex even stated that Michael didn't have to do that because Sheila had written a note saying that it was okay for Michael to always come in whenever, whenever he wanted. He, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So even though this rumor was going around, Sheila and Michael denied it, and Sheila just said that Michael was just a really good friend of hers, okay? Okay. So, on May 26, 1990, Marlene was at home that morning with her son, Joe, and some of his friends, and they were making breakfast, when around 10 a.m., they noticed a white Chrysler LeBaron pull into the driveway. The doorbell rings, and Marlene goes to answer the door. Now, the house has those glass doors where, like, the whole door is glass, okay? Right. And she sees a clown holding flowers in two balloons. Oh, hell no. Right? You would have seen me disappear out of thin air. But this is when Joe hears his mom say, oh, how pretty. Then they hear two shots. The clown dressed in an orange wig, red bulb nose, gloves, and a smile painted in red over white facial makeup just 
turn and walked back to a, a white Chrysler LeBaron and drove off, never to be seen again. And I will tell you what happens after the clown walks away after this commercial break. That was fantastic, Jose. You want to know what I just did? What'd you do? I just tried. I opened up, and you don't get any. I opened up the new wine that I received from Wine of the Month Club. So do you, Jose, want to treat yourself or someone special to great wines month after month? I would love to. Well, now you can with Wine of the Month Club. With Wine of the Month Club, you get three different bottles of rare international wine every month. You get to choose from all red, all white, or mixed. You can also choose to do a package every two months or three months if that's a better option for you. And every package ships with their monthly newsletter covering your selections and our listener favorites. Fun facts! We are a proud affiliate, which means if you go to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com, forward slash support the show and click on the wine of the club month link and sign up we will earn a commission you can support the show and get wine delivered to your door by using promo code holiday 15 to get 15 dollars off any four month club or you can use promo code holiday 20 for 20 dollars off any six months club which sounds like a win-win to me you get to stay home during this covid19 pandemic Quarantine by yourself and your wines. And they ship free. What? Hey, Jose. So you know that during this pandemic, it could even be scary to go to the grocery store sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can save yourself that trip using Instacart. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour. Instacart highlights deals to help you save money. They find everything you usually buy. You can get smart suggestions for new items. They even pick the freshest produce and they keep your eggs safe too. We are a proud affiliate of Instacart. So head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show and click their link. So at first, Joe and his friends thought that it was a balloon popping when they heard the shot. But when Joe and his friend saw Marlene fall to the floor, they knew it was not a balloon popping. That's awful. Can you imagine? Right? It must have been so unexpected. Yeah. So they immediately ran to Marlene's aid and they can see that she had been shot in the face. Marlene had a hole on her upper lip and another one on her cheek. Oh, no. Yeah. Get this. Joe had a cast on his leg due to, like, a previous accident. Uh Uh-huh. So he tried to quickly run after the clown, but Joe was in a cast, so it was more, like, he couldn't run. Yeah, there's no way. It was more kind of like a hobble, you know? But Joe said that the clown simply just walked away, got into the car, and drove off very calmly and in that episode of 48 hours joe did state that he like because he couldn't run he tried to get the clown's attention by calling him or her every name in the book to try to get them to turn around yeah or you know stop or something and he said that the clown was just very calm and that even when when the clown drove away that there wasn't even squealing tires just casually just walked casually? away and casually drove away. Yes. 
So Joe said that he tried to catch up to the to the clown by jumping into his car and trying to catch the clown, but he said that he couldn't, and it was like the clown and the car had just disappeared. Guess the same thing that you would have done if you would have seen a clown, huh? This is true. So Joe turned back around and went back home, where paramedics and officials had now arrived at the scene. So Marlene was rushed to Palm Springs Hospital, where she was soon placed on life support. So police immediately start looking for the white LeBaron, and they start talking to neighbors who may have witnessed the shooting. Meanwhile, back at the hospital, Joe and Marlene's mother have to make the horrible decision to take Marlene off life support. Oh, no, really? Yes. Oh, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And on May 28, 1990, Marlene Warren died. Since the police were unable to speak to Marlene and get any details on the clown, police officers put out a bolo, you know, be on the lookout mm-hmm. for, get this, a clown driving a white Chrysler LeBaron. No, like, man. <laughs> right? On, that's already long gone. Right? But police didn't have to wait long until they received a call from workers at the Capazio Spotlight Costume Shop in West Palm Beach. So the workers told detectives that a woman had bought a clown costume, clown makeup, an orange wig, and a red nose, too. Same as the clown that was seen at Marlene's door, okay? So upon questioning the workers of the costume shop, they learned that a woman who seemed to have been in a hurry Mm -hmm. came in and asked for a clown costume and makeup. So the workers said that the woman had long brown hair and big brown eyes, which Mm. wasn't much for police to go off of. Yeah, I think you'd probably fit that description, (laughs) wouldn't you? (laughs) But then police also find that the flowers and balloons had seemed to have been bought at a public supermarket and the public and the public supermarket employees also said that a woman with long brown hair and big brown eyes had gone into the store and bought two balloons. One that said, you are special. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I know. Isn't that horrible? And another balloon that had snow white on it. And it's along, weird. I know, I thought that was odd too. And along with those two balloons, um, the woman also bought a basket of carnation flowers. Ooh, which you hate. <laughs> so then. Did you, I mean, seriously, this is kind of weird. <laughs> Very vengeful, giving them the crappy flowers that you don't like. I know, right? Mm, interesting. So then police discovered the white LeBaron that was allegedly used in the morning of the murder. So the car looked to have been abandoned in the Winn-Dixie parking lot in Royal Palm Beach. So the inside of the car contained brown hair and orange fibers that looked like it would have come from a cl- from a wig. Hmm, interesting. Right. So they also found a receipt from the store where the clown costume was bought. Okay, come on. Yeah, so that's got to be it. Because, I mean, who's buying a clown costume in May? Right. Right? Nobody's doing it. Yeah. So police traced the car back to a car rental agency that was later linked to Michael Warren's car dealership. Really? Yeah. So three hours after the shooting, police had received an anonymous call urging police to look into Michael and also gave them Sheila Keen's name. So police look into Michael's Warren's alibi. 
but it seemed like Michael had been hundreds of miles away with friends at a horse race at the time of the shooting. So police also started looking at Sheila Keene, having heard that she and Michael were having an affair, right? So police showed a photo lineup to the workers at the costume shop and they were able to pick out Sheila Keen no as way. the woman who purchased the con costume. <laughs> so with the costume employees picking out Sheila from a photo lineup, police head to the public supermarket where employees also pick Sheila out as having purchased flowers and balloons the morning of the shooting. Oh, man. Yeah. So this store was less than a mile from Sheila's apartment. So police also learned that the public supermarket was less than a mile from Sheila's apartment. And police also learned that Sheila had once gone into an auto parts store where she was a regular customer at. And guess what? What? She apparently was dressed as a clown. Why? She just liked to be dressed as a clown, I guess. That's weird. Right? So within weeks of Marlene's murder, police searched Sheila's apartment and they found fibers from a bright orange wig, but nothing else, no costume or murder weapon had been found in her apartment. So the case soon went cold due to police needing, you know, obviously some probable cause and the orange hair fibers and them knowing that Michael and Sheila were having an affair was just not enough. So... While police are looking into Michael, they ended up arresting him, but not for the murder of Marlene. Police arrested him for racketeering, odometer tampering, and grand theft. Really? Yeah. Okay. So remember, they asked for his alibi, and you know he they learned that he was hundreds of miles away. But then remember, they also were able to trace the car back to one of his dealerships. So when they were doing all that research, is when they actually found him he was like shady with his car dealership exactly but why like were they purposely trying to find like maybe they thought it was actually him and they were trying to get him on something no i think it just it was that bad from what i from what i read when i was doing my research it seemed like that was just an accident they happened to stumble upon that wow yeah so michael was also accused of repossessing cars that he had sold at his west palm beach auto dealership saying that these cars had been stolen and collecting the insurance money. Interesting. So, you know what it reminds me of? Did you ever watch mm-hmm. the movie Matilda? No. This is like old movie from like, I don't know, the 90s or something. Mm-hmm. And this little girl like grew up with a crappy family and the dad was shady, a shady car dealership guy. <laughs> and they were showing the scene of him using like um, a drill mm-hmm. on the odometer and reversing the mileage on it with the drill. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I don't know, that just picked, that came to mind. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know how he did it. I actually, for some reason, I picture lifting the car up and just putting it in. (laughs) That's how I used to think that it was done. You're going to go reverse for a very long time. (laughs) So Michael Warren was convicted and he ended up receiving nine years. But then on December 31st, 1994, Michael Warren was released from prison after serving three years and nine months. Okay. Yeah. So okay. then on April 29th, 1999, Michael Warren and Sheila Keen get married in Las Vegas and move to Tennessee. Hmm. I bet you didn't see that one coming. No, I didn't. <laughs> So then in 2014, 24 years after Marlene's murder, Palm Beach Sheriff's Office 
receives a grant for unsolved murder cases. So, awesome. yeah, so they set up a task force that includes officers from the Palm Beach Sheriff's Office, the state attorney's office, and the FBI. Hmm. So, one of the first cases they look at is the murder of Marlene Warren, and they send off samples of Sheila King's hair and vials of her blood that they had gotten through a search warrant back in 1990. Now they had the probable cause that they had been waiting for thanks to advances in DNA. Of course. So the DNA testing that was submitted to the FBI crime lab indicated that the hairs found in the LeBaron were consistent with Sheila King's warrant. Wow. So, on September 26, 2017, police arrest Sheila Keene Warren in Washington County, Virginia, where she and Michael had been living in a three-bedroom house on a 1.89 acres of land and charge her with first-degree murder, okay? So, Sheila had changed her name to Debbie Warren, and police also learned that Michael and Sheila had owned a burger joint in Kingsport, Tennessee, called the Purple Cow. So, in this episode of 48 Hours that I saw... They interviewed employees from the Purple Cow that mm-hmm. had said that they had heard the rumors about Sheila killing her husband's late wife, but they didn't really believe it, okay? But How did they find out if she like changed her name and stuff? I know. I'm not sure. So in one article I read, which I don't know if there's any truth behind that, but in one article that I read, it said that supposedly Sheila had gotten drunk with some of her employees and she had kind of bragged about it mm. but i don't know if that's really came how. out of her own mouth right potentially yeah and they even said that both michael and sheila were hard asses to work for and they even said how sheila guess what what would sometimes dress up as a clown what the f- why <laughs> like what is her <laughs> I issue know. but you know even though th- they had heard the rumors, and yes, she liked to dress up as a clown. They still didn't think of her as a murderer. Yeah. So, Sheila King Warren waives extradition and is booked into West Palm Beach Jail without bond and waived her right to a speedy trial. So, when Sheila was arrested, she asked, Is my husband under arrest? Okay. That's Which odd. It's odd, right? But. From the research I found, when she was arrested, she was in the car with Michael. Mm -hmm. But they pulled her out of the car to question her. And then that's when they said, you know, there's a warrant out for your arrest. So they right away put her into the police car and take her away. So maybe it's weird or, you know, maybe she's also wondering, like, well, what happened to my husband? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they mean I'm assuming it right. kind of tells us maybe they conspired to do it. Right. Right. So, but Michael hasn't been arrested, okay? I mean, it's not surprising. There's no DNA evidence of it. Right. I mean, maybe they'll find more if they start digging in deeper mm-hmm. of what they can get out of her or some type of record. I don't know. Right. Well, in that episode of 48 Hours, they said that Michael is still a person of interest, but they haven't arrested him yet. They kind of made it seem, though, like there might be they might have something they're just waiting i'm not sure i mean there's like a probable reason why he'd potentially be you know he'd have reason i mean to be a part of it but if there's no evidence right I but mean, it, you know, i mean you know it's one of those things where it's like come on what a cool incident how many stories have we heard that are just like these yeah where it's like oh the husband is having an affair 
And now, you know, the mistress goes and gets rid of the wife. They could have definitely conspired. Yeah. And again, I don't know how truth, how, how true it is. But I also, when I was doing my research, I did read in one article that they said that after Marlene died, apparently Michael collected a life insurance. Hmm. So... Again, that's kind Any of idea? Shady. Was it was it a large amount or at all? Do you know? Well, I'm not sure what was the amount, but it's remember it seemed like they both had money, and in that's that that's ep- true. And so in been. that episode of 48 Hours, the son Joe did state that you know the man that he grew up knowing as his father mm-hmm. left him with nothing, so he wow. fought him for Marlene's money. Did he? Did he win anything? Did no, he, no, he no. Michael took it all. He really did. Oh, yeah, that's, that's horrible. Right. So prosecutors have indicated that they were seeking the death penalty against Sheila Keen Warren. So defense attorneys filed a motion asking a Palm Beach County judge to set a bond for Sheila Keen Warren so that she can be freed from jail while she awaits trial. Yeah. No thanks. We don't need a <laughs> a clown. I mean, yeah, a clown. <laughs> Nothing against clowns. No. But there is a certain level of creepiness at times, especially when it's like not a time that a clown should be roaming around. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was driving to work pretty early mm-hmm. in the morning, years ago. It was a long time ago. And it was still dark. And I see literally a person driving in a clown costume. Nope. Mm-hmm. And it freaked me out. You know, I'm not really scared of that, but it's that it comes no, back to the fear I mean, of if like. It would have been it, an alien. Well, yeah, who the hell? That's not normal either. I mean, you know, it's, it's just as, nor- as unnormal as seeing an alien out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would a clown be out there like at six in the morning? That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that kind of freaked me out. You would have, you would have literally Con. evaporated in the air or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which, you know, I, again, you know, I'm terrified of clowns, but I, I just found this so interesting. And especially when I started doing the research, because I'm like, this lady just. I think she just liked clowns. Like for her to go into, you know, an auto parts store, dress as a clown just because, and then yeah. at the restaurant that they owned, sometimes showing up as a dress as a yeah. Clown. There's like no I reason. Mean, That's super <laughs> bizarre. Right? I don't get it, but you know, to each their own. <laughs> no judgment here. But on March 30th of this year, Circuit Judge Scott Suscarer asked prosecutors and defense attorneys to submit their final arguments by April 19th before he decides if Marlene Keene Warren should be released before her September trial date. Man, that's like next week. Yes. Yes. So this is all very, very recent, even though the murder actually happened back in the 90s. That's Wow, that's like so far back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Michael Warren doesn't believe that Sheila had anything to do with the murder of Marlene, but is it that he doesn't believe that Sheila didn't have anything to do with the murder of Marlene? Or is it because he was also involved? And I'll leave that up to you and our crew to come to that conclusion on your own. If you want to look at pictures and want more information on the cases we cover, you can head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast True Crime Weekly. And please don't forget to support the show by going to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show. 
And I would truly love it and appreciate it if you leave a five-star review and subscribe onto Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. The only way that people find out about us is through subscribers and reviews. Thanks for listening.